Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. I'm really happy to be joined by author Rich Golden here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Rich, thank you for joining me here tonight. It's my honor. Thanks for reaching out. It's an honor to have you on the show. You've written a new book. It's out right now. It's called Golden Jubilee, The Federal Land Distribution Act and the Unexecuted Supreme Court Order. This sounds like a really interesting story. Can you tell me about it? I can. My father was a successful corporate attorney and Navy captain. In the last decade of his life, he was legal counsel for the brokerage firm in Chicago, which in 1989 brought together both sides of a huge buy-sell transaction involving all the major banks of the world, wherein Russia would deposit their huge gold reserves in HSBC out of Hong Kong as collateral for their entrance into the world market currency system. It was a 20-year deal. So this transaction was so large, the commissions owed to the brokerage house were $1.7 trillion. Wow. This book follows the unprecedented path of these funds in a nutshell, and it goes from there. (laughs) Wow. What inspired you to write this story and publish it? Sadly, my father passed in 1997 in the fall, and nine months later, his partner at the brokerage house passed. I felt like the story was just too good to let go to the grave with the two of those gentlemen, rest in peace. And so I put my creative skills together. First of all, I got all of my father's legal library together and compiled the data, and that's the foundation of the book. So it's a legal foundation that would be accepted as evidence in court. So I want to make that clear, first of all. From there, I kind of follow his notes for a decade, and there are a few rabbit trails here and there, but for the most part, there's a climactic ending that positively affects every American citizen, and there's reason for everyone in a positive way to read the plan, buy the book, have fun with it. (laughs) Mm. Sounds like a really complex project. Did this take a long time for you to put together? Well, I'll answer it by saying this. It was a 40-year journey of my life, and Mm. the actual book part was a 20-year journey, and I actually wrote the book in a fictional format and had it copyrighted once upon a time and and realized that it just, we weren't ready for this story as a society, and all my inner circle advisors told me I should write the book in a nonfiction format anyway. Long story short, the 20-year journey turned into a six-month actual time period of, of writing the book, but the data gathering was many years of research and so forth. Mm, after all those decades, then once you got to hold that first copy in your hands, what was that like? respect to all mothers out there. I have no idea what you went through, but I felt like I had given birth to something spiritually and mm. it manifested itself in the physical realm. Part of the book is, a, is I'm a spiritual man. I'm a man of faith. 
part of the the book is a declaration of something that hasn't happened yet. So that's kind of also part of the climax of the book and the plan. So you have to read it. (laughs) The name of the book is Golden Jubilee, the Federal Land Distribution Act and the Unexecuted Supreme Court Order. It's written by Rich Golden. It's published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Rich, thank you again for coming by the show, telling me about Golden Jubilee. This is quite an interesting story. Thank you for all the hard work, the decades of hard work that went into this. I've, I've just had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thank you for the kind words. It's been my pleasure as well. And if I may just add real quick, there is a screenplay that has been completed and is being shopped in Hollywood right now, as well as a a podcast, a dramatic podcast that has been completed as well. So we'll follow up with those things on my website. Some cool stuff to look forward to. Thank you so much. It's a personal story of an intense life battle. It's in the new book by Anastasia R. Stevenson. It's titled, The Evolution of Me, From Trial to Triumph Through Breast Cancer. I'm really happy to be joined by Anastasia right now. Anastasia, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Can you tell me all about your book? Sure. So uh, the evolution is really about my journey with cancer. I was diagnosed in 2019 and felt the need to share the transparency of the behind the scenes. The journey starts out from the initial diagnosis date and it goes through the current state, which is cancer free. Hmm. Anastasia, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? Yeah, I think this story brings a lot of hope and inspiration. It really suits any adult, really, that has encountered any issues in life and are looking for ways, faith-filled ways to get past and get through, um, and also just grounding themselves in what the Word says. Hmm. Was this an easy book for you to write? Did it take you a long time? Actually, it was uh, derived from my journey and capturing the moments on a journal. Hmm. It was a different way to process the pain, um, and I think it got got me to a place of healing, a place of acceptance as well. I, mean, I wouldn't call it difficult. I would just say it was a necessary journey. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing a book or, or publishing? Not at all. This was all very new to me, and so it's been a joy to just see it come to life. Hmm. Now, when you got that first copy in your hands, what was that like? Oh, it was super emotional. One, just to have my words in my hand and two, to be able to share it with my family. I have a son who's 10 and also a newly published author as well as twin girls. So it was just something to share with my family as a whole, which is really instrumental for us. We were excited. That's fantastic. So would you do it again? Would you think of maybe writing another book and being published again? Absolutely. It's definitely on the things to do. I think the evolution is still continuing and there's still story left to be told. Hmm. Now that you've been through it, I'm sure you learned a lot. Do you have any advice that you could give to the aspiring authors listening to us now? Yeah, absolutely. Keep going. Even when it it hurts, even when you're unsure, just press through. I think it's all worth it in the end. I definitely would give thoughts of, you know, when you're unsure, reach out, connect and figure out, you know, the best path forward for yourself. Everyone's journey is going to be different. Mm. What would you say would be the most challenging part of writing or publishing? Getting started. Just getting Mm. the pizza, the words on the page was probably the most difficult for me, understanding where the chapter started and stopped. 
I think was a part of the journey that was, mm, it took a while to just put the pieces of the puzzle together, but ultimately we got through it. That's great. Did you have people in your life who knew that you were taking this on, working on a book and could be there to support you and maybe encourage you along the way? Absolutely. My husband was pivotal. He was the one that pressed me just to keep going. Even when I wanted to give up, I didn't think it was worth it at points. But I kept it close to my heart with a couple of just small folks that knew that the process was happening. So we kept it very small until it was time to really make the grand reveal. When you go to write, do you have a certain routine, a certain sort of time and place atmosphere that you get into? Or do you just sort of write where and whenever it takes you? Yeah, I I take the latter. Whenever Mm. it strikes me, I tend to keep pens and pencils and notebooks all over the house. (laughs) So Mm. whenever the moment struck and ideas came to my mind, I was able to jot them down. I also leveraged my cell phone a lot, just little note apps, text messages to myself, things that I wanted to capture, maybe Mm. songs that would put me in a certain mood. So that was also helpful. It's great you mentioned how technology has changed the way that you can capture your thoughts on the fly and, and save them for later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's been a it's been different, I think. But it's also a lifesaver, especially when you're out and about and you're maybe having a conversation at lunch with a friend and you have a thought and you want to get it down. So that was always helpful. Anastasia, thank you for taking what you've gone through in your life and using that to inspire hope in others. The name of the book is The Evolution of Me, From Trial to Triumph Through Breast Cancer. It's written by Anastasia R. Stevenson and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this everywhere on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Anastasia, thanks again for joining me tonight. Thank you for writing this book. I had a really nice time chatting. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Author Patrick Earle has written a story of love, hope, and friendship in his new book, Our Little Pal, Buddy. I'm really happy that Patrick is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Patrick, thank you very much for joining me today. Well, it's my pleasure, Corey, and thank you for having me. It's really nice to have you here, Patrick. Uh, Could you tell me all about our little pal, Buddy? Well, it's a story about a little stray puppy that has no family or home. And through meeting various characters in the book, he learns a great lesson of how we all deserve kindness, love, and respect. I won't give away the ending, but of course it has a happy ending. It was a lot of hard work and dedication, but it's a great story for not just children, but children of all ages. Mm. I understand you had a lot of people helping you out along the way. I have, and I just want to thank them, the family and friends that have been there through the project, as well as through my life, the wonderful folks at the publishing company that did such great work on the book. And I just wanted to thank you and the staff at Reader House for providing this platform for authors like myself to not only talk about our book, but to introduce ourselves to the listeners and to let them know a little bit about ourselves. Patrick, something you touched on in your book that I think is really important, especially when you're speaking to children, is to treat others like you would want to be treated. Correct. One thing that inspired me about writing this book is by overcoming adversities. And I know that everyone goes through them, but if we can find the strength within ourselves to overcome the obstacles in our lives, but not just that, but to consider others, where they come from, what they may be going through in life, and to realize that everybody has a story. And if we respect each other and 
care about each other and learn from each other. I believe that that is a key element in life that can enrich each and every one of us. Mm. Patrick, can you think back to where the idea or the inspiration for this story came from? Uh, there was actually a real buddy, and he was an abandoned dog that I had found one day. I had on my front porch, and there he was across the street. I don't know what he had gone through before we had met, but it must have been a rough life for him, mm. the way that he was scared. And it took weeks and actually a few months to work with him. And he turned out to be the most lovable pet. And unfortunately, about four years ago, he had a heart condition and he's no longer with us. Oh, I'm sorry. But I learned a lot from him because by him coming through what he must have gone through previously and showing me and my family the love that he did, he taught me a valuable lesson. And I wanted to pay him homage in some way to thank him for sharing his life and the memories with us. Mm. Well, when it comes to writing and, and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? I've not. I've done some writing, and I have always enjoyed doing writings, jotting down ideas. But this is the first big project that I've worked on. And it was a lot of hard work, but I believe it has paid off. I believe in it. It has a great story as well as a lesson, and I hope that people enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed writing it. How did it feel then when you finally got to hold that first copy in your hands after all that hard work? Wow. <laughs> I, really, the only word I could think of is wow. Just thinking of how an idea came about with all the hard work, not just on my end, but all the people around me as far as all the hard work that they've assisted me with. And to see a completed project and actually see the book, I, I think the only word to say is, wow, it, it was a, just a, a life-changing experience. Have you given any thought to maybe writing and publishing again? I have. I've actually written a second book. Hmm. It's the second book in the Our Little Pal Buddy series. And I've submitted the manuscript already to the publishing company. They've accepted it. We should begin work this fall on it. And hopefully it'll be out by summer of next year. The name of the book is Our Little Pal Buddy. It's written by Patrick Earle and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this everywhere you shop for your books, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Patrick, thank you again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a really nice time finding out about our little pal Buddy and what you got coming out next, and it was just a really nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you so much, Corey. And also, most of all, I want to thank your listeners. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much to everybody. I'm a parent, and I know how tough it can be to handle angry kids. I have a book right here that talks all about that. It's titled, When Hurting Turns to Anger, How Parents Can Help Their Kids. It's written by Dr. Rosalind Anstein Templeton, and she's right here with me now. Rosalind, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about When Hurting Turns to Anger? What's the book all about? When Hurting Turns to Anger is a book that helps parents who want to help their kids deal appropriately with anger. The premise is that when kids get their feelings hurt, the resulting emotion is often anger, and that leads to angry actions or misbehavior. And then it becomes a cycle within that family. 
reading the book, parents, grandparents, or caregivers learn to use anger-reducing techniques or what I've termed art to get control of their own anger and then help their kids diffuse the anger and come to understand and resolve their hurt feelings. Hmm. Rosalind, can you think back to where the idea or the, the inspiration to write this and publish this came from? It came from my book. Well, came from my own life experiences of being in a family that had a lot of anger issues where nobody talked. There were a lot of explosive times, but the actual anger-reducing techniques came from my mentor, Nicholas J. Long, in a graduate program. This was at the American University Rose School program, and it was a graduate degree in social-emotional disorders. How long were you working on it? Did this take a long time? The book took about two, two and a half years. And from outlining it and coming up with the concepts and the chapters and and then into the publication process. Hmm. Have you given any thought to writing more and publishing more? I'm working on one right now. Hmm. And it's for the age group, it'd be toddlers or preschoolers. Let me give you a tentative title, Avoiding Anger When Hurting, How Parents Can Help Their Little Kids. Hmm. Again, the premise is when you have a toddler or a preschooler somewhere, you know, toddler being before three and preschooler three to five, you can actually guide those kids to recognize hurt feelings. And once you can get them to talk about their feelings, their hurt feelings, and come to some resolution and problem solving, then they don't have to have angry behavior. Rosalyn, a lot of our listeners right now have a message or have a story that they want the world to hear. What could you tell these aspiring authors? What words of wisdom could you offer them? Well, I could actually give them about three tips. And the first tip would be they they should be passionate about the subject they want to write about. Hmm. Because writing and getting a book down on paper and then working through the whole process of getting it ready for publication and then finally getting it published is a long process. And if you're not passionate about the topic and you're not inspired, you'll want to give up. A second tip is you have to have a writing routine. And for me, my writing routine is early morning, somewhere between 4.30 and 5.30, when the house is quiet, everyone's asleep, and it's dark outside. It helps me to focus and be able to write without distractions. I guess a third tip would be you have to develop the habit of writing, meaning you're sitting there looking at a blank page and you're trying to figure out what words to put on it. And then you put words on it and then you get upset and frustrated because it doesn't sound correct. And so you have to get past all of that and get to the point of just writing words and what on the concept you have in mind without worrying about it being perfect or the spelling totally correct what helped me was to do a daily word count and then each day it became easier so i could have more words and i'd had a calendar with square boxes and each day i wrote the number of words 
I had written that day. And that motivated me to the point of understanding that even writing an inadequate concept or story was better than no words on a blank page. Mm. So every once in a while, when I get in a kind of a glitch, I'll pull a calendar page out again and start writing words. But oftentimes I don't need that right now. Mm. The name of the book is When Hurting Turns to Anger, How Parents Can Help Their Kids. It's written by Dr. Rosalind Anstein Templeton, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Rosalind, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a nice time learning about your book and a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you, Corey. I really had a nice time speaking with you. Author Joseph Passaretti has endured some extreme challenges, and he gives hope to readers in his new book, My Journey. I'm really happy to be joined by Joseph here right now. Joseph, thank you for being here with me. My pleasure. Thank you. Can you tell me all about what you've written in My Journey? So in 2017, I was diagnosed with two types of cancer and didn't feel anything, had no symptoms. And from that day on, life changed. And I'm still in treatments, but doing well. Great. And that's what happened. And I understand that during those treatments, there was a third type of cancer. Yes. About two to two and a half years into it, I was diagnosed with a third cancer. And because of COVID, we couldn't treat. We couldn't get into the hospital and do all the treatments. Wow. Then shortly after the spring of 2020, they got me in in the, in the summertime and we did 62 days of radiation, 44 treatments over 62 days. Hmm. You've written all about this journey in your book. Uh, what message are you hoping to tell readers in it? Well, you know, the book was inspired not by myself. I had no idea that I would be writing a book. Hmm. There were a few doctors and nurses at Dana-Farber who stated that, you know, my outlook on things, on having cancer and, and, and life was a little bit different than the norm. Hmm. And quite frankly, I didn't understand that. And they kept saying, you need to tell your story. But there was a long period of time where I kept asking, what is the story? I don't understand what the story is. And then I was exposed to you know, certain things that made me understand how people are affected by such a diagnosis. But it didn't affect me in that way. So they said, you know, your positive outlook, your way you just handled it could be inspirational to others. And they mentioned talking to people at Dana-Farber, and I just said, you know, I'm not qualified for that. And so I just decided one day, you know what, I'm just going to start typing. And that's the way it happened. Did it take you a long time to write? Well, you know, it didn't, because as I began, I didn't know where to begin because I didn't know anything about writing a book. So mm. I just started to write down my thoughts, and it just came spilling out all of the, you know, even the numbers, the tests. It just came, it was all in my head and on my portal. But all of the events that occurred, just as I started typing, it just came rolling out. Frankly, I couldn't type fast enough. <laughs> it seemed to have spilled out. Then when it went to publishing, what kind of a process was that? Was that a smooth journey for you, or were there challenges? You know, I didn't know what to expect, but Christian Faith was wonderful. They guided me through the whole process. I still, to this day, don't understand the whole process going forward until I, I'm told, okay, this is going to happen. Mm. But they were wonderful. They told me what needed to be done, you know, right from the editing forward. And if I ever do write another book, which I, I don't know, mm -hmm. I would definitely use them. 
Then what was it like when you got to hold that first copy in your hands after all that hard work? Well, to be honest, I was a little bit, that's when the reality hit. I was somewhat stunned because I, you know, I touched it and it was mine. And I thought, wow, this really does happen. I've read so many books in my life, but I never felt that, you know, here's my book. I read it cover to cover four or five times after I did finally receive, you know, the first copy. And I was quite proud of it. And I just said to my wife, you know, I just pray that this helps one person because that was the whole purpose of it, is to try to help one person. Hmm. That was your first time writing and publishing a book, so I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. Uh, what advice would you give to the aspiring authors who are listening now? If you have a story to tell, do it. Because if it helps others, it's a no-brainer. Don't be afraid of it, because there's nothing to be afraid of. If it's just what you've experienced, just do it. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for using all of these extreme circumstances in your life to reach out and to help others. The name of the book is My Journey. It was written by Joseph Passaretti, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere on Amazon, and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Joseph, thank you again for being on the show with me. What a wonderful book you've written. What a great story you have to tell. It was wonderful talking tonight. Thank you. Likewise. I have a book with me here that invites readers to transport themselves to a world of imagination and wonder. It's titled Purges of the Soul, the Flash Fiction Chronicles, Allegories Inspired by Art. The author is Kathy S. Byrne, and Kathy is right here with me now. Kathy, thanks for being here tonight. I'm delighted to be here with you. Could you tell me all about Purges of the Soul? What's this all about? It started off, I have a chronically ill friend who curates art on Instagram. And one day I looked at one of the pictures she put up, and I wanted to make her smile, so I told her a story about it. It was a good story, and I had a great time doing it. So I wrote a few more, and they were good, so I put them in a book. Hmm. What's your writing background like? Have you been a writer for a while, or is this a new thing for you? I write medically. Um, I'm a nurse, and I write a lot of medical journal articles and book chapters. Hmm. So what would you say was the most challenging thing about taking your writing and then publishing it? Just me being unsure of the reception because I am a new author and you never know what's going to be accepted and what isn't. It's a unique idea basing stories on artwork. Absolutely. So now that you're a new author, what was it like whenever you got that first physical copy in your hands? It was awesome. It's mm. probably one of the most significant things that I've ever done in my life. Are you considering maybe doing it again? I already started the second book. It's called Purchase of the Heart. Hmm. Did you have a certain group of readers in mind when you wrote this, people that you think would really be into it? I really do think that it will attract all different types of readers. No two stories are the same because no two paintings are the same. Hmm. And no people look at art the same way and see the same thing. So this is really an interpretation of art in all different types of stories, from fairy tales to real life. So it will attract all readers. It doesn't have a particular body of readers. A lot of our listeners right now are aspiring authors. They have work they want to get out there to the world. They have a story to tell. They have a message. What advice could you give to them? The most important thing is you have to have that 
fire in your belly. You really want to have to publish. You really want to have that need to publish. I saw what I wrote and I liked it and I wanted other people to read it. I wanted them to see what I wrote because Mm. I was proud of it and I wanted it out there. And then when COVID started, I saw my colleagues on the front lines, I luckily am on the second tier, coming down with PTSD, all different emotional issues, working day in and day out in such dangerous situations. And I wanted to do something for them. And this came later after the book was published. I've decided that I want to give half the profits to research, to look into how to treat the mental health issues that healthcare personnel have contracted because of treating all these COVID patients. Hmm. What an important cause you're donating towards there. And certainly we appreciate people like you and, and everybody in the healthcare field who has just gone through so much. Thank you, Kathy, for, for doing this. It's a pleasure. I mean, I I want to give back as much as everybody wants to try to give back in some way. And this is a way I can give back and make a difference. Writing can be a lonely thing. You often just do it by yourself. So did you have people in your life who knew that you were taking this writing project on and could be there for support or motivation? Actually, my children were very supportive of me. My two daughters read every story after I wrote it, gave me suggestions on how to fix them. Now, basically, it is a very solitary thing, though. Writing comes from within. So I basically wrote it, walked up and down my room, reread it and reread it and reread it and reworked (laughs) it until I actually heard this is done in my head. Each story took quite a few revisions. The first time never was the thing that went. Mm. The book is called Purges of the Soul, The Flash Fiction Chronicles, Allegories Inspired by Art. It's written by Kathy S. Byrne and is published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Kathy, thank you again for joining me tonight. This is a wonderful book, a wonderful cause. I had a really nice time talking. Thank you for inviting me. Love and Serve, our daily servant ministry to reflect God's love over 365 daily devotions. This is the new book by Pastor Ross L. Warch, and Ross is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ross, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Can you tell me all about Love and Serve? Love and Serve, it's a book that came from the fact that I wrote a monthly article for a local newspaper when we were in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, for eight and a half years. And I always had the idea of keeping them and maybe someday putting them all together and and making it into a devotional book. So I finally did when we had the pandemic lockdown. I thought, gee, this is a good time to put it all together. So I did. And uh, now I have a book. Now it says over 365 daily devotions. In fact, You have 377 of them. Can you explain that thinking? That's right. It's because Easter moves around every year. And to be able to use this book year after year, which actually I have a devotional book on Luther's writings that I've used for probably 12 or 13 years, I thought it would be good to put the things that move around Easter, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Pentecost, all of those that are assigned to Easter, which, you know, is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the first day of spring. So I think it could be 33 different days Easter can. So I have the book set up such that in whatever year you happen to be reading it, when you get to whatever Easter is, you can go to the back and get the Easter devotional. 
or you can get the Good Friday devotional on the date that's actual for your year. I wrote this in 2020, so I set it up for 2020, but people will be reading it in other years. So that gives them an opportunity to read those things at the right time in that particular year. When it comes to writing and publishing, are, are you new to this? Have you done it before? I haven't published any book, but being a, a pastor and writing sermons uh, week after week, there's a lot of writing. And actually going to seminary, there's a lot of writing. I, I was a, an Army officer for 22 years, a regular Army officer, before I retired from that at the age of 46 and went to seminary. So I spent from my 46th year to my 50th year, four years at seminary. And during that time, of course, there's a lot of writing. Even my time in the military, there was a lot of writing. So I've always written a lot. Besides sermons, I write reflections each month that go into like church messengers and write many other kinds of things. So I'm used to writing. I just had never written anything that I had put together to be a book. Mm. What advice could you give to people who want to write their first book and want to publish for the first time? Well, just know that it is possible. And it just takes work and time and, and probably realize, as I just mentioned, it's going to take longer than you thought. Mm. And surprisingly, too, I mean, my wife edited for me and she's very good. She's actually done some of that work in the Army when she was in the Army as well. We were surprised that we had made as many mistakes as we did when we thought we were putting something in. It was pretty much perfect, but they found other mistakes. And actually, sometimes I found mistakes in what they sent back to me. So mm. it, it took longer than I thought. And every pro part of the process, you know, just deciding what the cover is going to look like, you know, how long it takes for it to get printed. And then trying to, you know, making sure you find mistakes. If there are mistakes, I really didn't want, you know, something like that. Just something as simple as the word forward. I had someone write a forward and the, it had been written F-O-R-W-A-R-D and that kind of a forward is F-O-R-E-W-A-R-D. So, I mean, that sort of kept it from being published as soon as it would just because that was, you know, found and it was like, okay, well, we have to fix that. So after all that time, after all that hard work, what was it like when you got that first copy in your hands? The feeling and the seeing and holding of my first book was just, I mean, it was electric. It gave me goosebumps. Mm. It seemed unbelievable that I was actually holding a book that I wrote myself, you know, and it was, I was holding that in my hands. My name was on the cover of this book. It's a beautiful cover. You know, it's a cover that I decided about and designed and then they used and to see that. And they actually, every other page even has my name on it. It's really remarkable and it's, it's sort of unbelievable in a way. It's like when I was growing up, I never thought, you know, someday I, I want to write a book. But when it happens, when you're actually working on it, then you really do want to feel it in your hands and say, hey, this really is something that I worked hard on. And now here's the finished product. And it was fantastic. Mm. I encourage our listeners to check this out. It's called Love and Serve, our daily servant ministry to reflect God's love over 365 daily devotions. It's written by Pastor Ross L. Warch, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Pastor Ross, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a nice time learning about Love and Serve and had a nice time talking with you. Well, thank you, Corey. I appreciate it very much. I'd like to welcome author Lenoris Renee to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Lenoris, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for the invite. You've got a new children's book out right now. It's called Puzzling Pizza Party. Can you tell me about it? In a word, the book is really about acceptance, you know, just who you are and how you are. People judge and cut other people off for a number of reasons. And, you know, sometimes the signals aren't really clear. And uh, opposition doesn't always come as bold as a food fight. So mm. 
this is a kind of my way of putting out there some of the differences that we have, some of our differences that we experience in daily life. Hmm. What sorts of readers did you have in mind? I know it's a children's book. Did you have an age range? I wrote this book. I intended it for it to be an easy read. But then I, you know, got a notice back from the publisher that they changed the rage to around age 12. But I even have some adults who have read this book and said they, you know, were surprised by the subliminal message and and they like it. Mm. Can you think back to how the idea or the inspiration to write this came about? I have these little short story sessions with my son. He's eight years old now. At the time that I came up with this, he was probably about six. He doesn't always let me read books to him. Sometimes he makes me come up with impromptu stories on the spot. This is something that I would play with over and over, and I would try to do another story. And sometimes he'd say, no, no, remember that one you told me about the dragon? And, you know, it became almost second nature. I did that story so much, I just decided to do a little bit more with it. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing or publishing? I have. I published a book of poetry years ago, 2003, 2004. And I self-published it, just a collection of things I had written from like high school into young adulthood. But this book here is just new for me. I never tried fiction or children's literature, anything like that. So I would say that my son kind of just catapulted me into this category now. Mm. Did it take a long time to do? Really, no. Like I said, I came up with the story pretty much on the top of my head with him urging. But when I decided to turn it into something serious, then, of course, I sat down and put more of a concept to it. But I would say that took maybe about a month to get that together. And then, you know, after just fine tuning and doing everything and getting it ready to send to a publisher, I would say that took me about six months. Hmm. Lenoris, what was it like whenever you got that first physical copy? You got to hold it in your hands. Oh, when I got that first copy, that was surreal. And for me, I was trying to be quiet. I didn't want to I didn't want to say anything. You know, when it came in the mail, I was trying to wait until my son came home from work and my younger son got home from school. And then I could tell them and my husband all together because I've been talking about, yeah, I'm getting this story together. And I kind of downplayed it. So, mm. you know, they didn't know that I planned on doing it on this level. So mm. it was it was just a great moment. Mm. Have you given any thought to more books after this? Yes, um, I actually have been approached about doing a series because, mm. like I said, this was a small little ditty, you know, when I started out. But once I put a real concept to it, and people started reading it and they say, you know what, it's, it's a sort of a teachable moment here. Mm. You thought about doing some other things. So I think I'm going to do at least two more, maybe mm. three, and it'll all be, you know, with the subliminal message hidden in there. Yeah, it's a great idea. Well, I encourage our listeners to check out this book. It's called Puzzling Pizza Party. It's written by Lenoris Renee, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Lenoris, thanks again for coming by the show. I had a nice time finding out about Puzzling Pizza Party. Really looking forward to the ones coming up next. It was just a really nice time chatting with you tonight. Thank you so much, and I enjoyed it also. 
Author Tommy Boland has written a book for those of us who have professed our belief in Christ, but we're not quite sure where to go next. The book is titled, Now What? Next Steps in Your Walk with Christ. Tommy is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Tommy, thank you for being here with me. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me all about what you've written in Now What? <laughs> well, it's really a work that came out of my own real life experience. I, I was blessed when we were first saved, my wife and I, all the way back in 1995. We um, were very blessed to have mentors come into our lives. And because I didn't know what now we said, yes, I believe in Jesus. But again, now what? What's the next step? But we were very, very blessed to have uh, mentors come in and, and help us walk through the process. Uh, what does it mean now to be a Christian? How do you walk with the Lord? How do you grow in your faith? Because what you realize when you first come to faith, now is when the real battle begins. Because before Jesus, you didn't know that there was all of these things that were going on in your life that was contrary to, to the Word of God. But when Jesus shows up, now you realize, but now you need to be strengthened in that battle. And so we had some wonderful people walk along with us. And so for years, we were in that process of growing and maturing in the faith, using the you know the means of grace that God's given us, prayer and, and Bible study and communion of the saints and, and mentoring. And, and so really, it kind of flowed all out of that, all of my experience with great mentors. And then it really amped up when we planted our church in 2012 hmm. here in South Florida. And I realized that with a growing congregation, it would be helpful to distill some of these thoughts and put it in a condensed form. And, and that really is where the book sprang from. Let's put it in a book and make it available to as many people as possible to help them in their walk with the Lord Jesus. That's great. This is certainly something that is needed out there for new Christians. Uh, what's your writing background like? Have you ever done anything like this before? Well, I've been writing for decades. Uh, we, we had a first book back in 1995, right, be, right before we were saved. I wrote a book called Get Real, Beyond Diet and Exercise. We were in the field of wellness. Hmm. We had a wellness center. And again, it was kind of the same idea that we were distilling lots of information to people. So why not put it in a condensed format? And so we did. So we wrote the book and, and we were off and, and off and running. And then a few months later, the Lord saved us. And realized, okay, there's, there's, there's something else the Lord has in store for us. And from that point until really this book, I've been writing, I write for publications, I write Bible studies, I write blogs and all of those things, and thought that at some point we'd start writing again and have some books published. But that was in the Lord's timing. And it took all of those years in between. One of my strongest mentors, really my spiritual father, was Dr. D. James Kennedy mm. from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And he was a great encouragement to me. He said that you have a gift for writing, and, and I encourage you to really start putting this together. But, you know, after he had passed and, and that transitional time, at, at, at that was our home church at that point. And then once we launched, there's just so much to do. But finally, we I just started to sit down and really being intentional about putting some books together. So that's really the process of the books. It was never so much being published or number one New York Times bestseller. It was none of that. Hmm. Maybe there's something that the value that I have in here that we can get out to a wider audience beyond, you know, the preaching from the pulpit and, and the smaller network that we have here in South Florida. So that was really the goal. Hmm. And Tommy, I have a feeling you have a few more books in you. Have you thought about what you're doing next? Uh, it's funny you ask. I mean, we probably have 25 different Bible studies that we that I've written over the years. But mm. actually, right now, we're blessed again that Christian Faith Publishers has our second book called The Strangest Spiritual Secret. Your merit will make you a living. God's mercy will make you a life. And so it's funny you ask. That, that's in process right now. And, and we're just following their lead in, in that and, and not sure when that will be ready and available. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to, as the Lord allows, along with the ministry, the primary ministry of the preaching of the word and 
caring for the congregation when there's available time, then I'll keep writing. And, and if more books come out of that, then that's what we'll have available for people. But I, I learned this valuable lesson from Dr. R.C. Sproul. He's home now in glory, but he was one of my first seminary professors and mm. was a friend. And I remember he told this story in class one day about writing this book and the people who were publishing it and people promoting it wanted to put this stamp on, on the front cover that said, get this book, it will change your life. And Dr. Sproul told the story. He says, you know, Tommy, I, I, I don't know if it's going to change anybody's life. The only thing I do know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost them about $10. So they're going to be out <laughs> 10 bucks. What it will do, that's up to God. And mm. that just stuck with me that I don't know what value is going to be in, in, in this. I, I hope that there's something that will touch somebody's heart. I hope that somebody will read something in there and they'll go, you know, this speaks to me right now, right where it finds me. But that's all. I just want to be faithful to the Lord. And, and if he can use this and, you know, when I'm when I'm gone, if there's something left behind here that, that people can use and there's some value and it brings honor and glory and praise to Jesus, then I'll keep writing. I love to write. It's kind of like a medicine for me, just <laughs> being alone late at night or early morning hours. I, I like to write. It's, it's, it's just something that's helpful for me. The name of the book is Now What? Next Steps in Your Walk with Christ. It's written by Tommy Boland, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this one everywhere on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Tommy, thanks again for stopping by the show. This is a fantastic book you've written, and thanks again for chatting. Corey, I can't thank you enough for having me on, and, and may God richly bless uh, you and certainly all the readers that may stumble across this work. God bless you, Corey. Thank you so much. Author Howard Calhoun gives his insights into the American experience in his new book, Honored Burden. Really happy that Howard is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Howard, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thank you. Would you be able to tell us what you've written in Honored Burden? Well, it's just my thoughts and uh, some of my experiences about life. And um, I came to the, to the conclusion with the name of the book, Honored Burden, I think about just being a U.S. citizen and how much of a uh, privilege that is at the same time it can be a burden. I believe that it is an honored burden. Hmm. And so that's just a topic. And, and so when you see the book, when you read the book, you know it's about a lot of different things. It comes from the Reader's Digest approach, writing, And that was the kind of book I used to love because it had a lot of different articles in it. It's a little different from, from just one book with a single topic. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much where I get my writing style from. It seems that you're tackling the ups and the downs, the good and the bad. and You're very balanced like that. Yes, but I find that life is that way, and mm. and so I just trying to put some things on paper. And usually, I start out just writing my thoughts, and then it turns into a a, a little story, and uh, then I put those stories together, and that's how I usually come up with most of my books. I'm I'm always writing something, you know. Like I wake up in the middle of the night, and I have a thought about something, and I just get up and start writing it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if those are thoughts that other people think about, but as I've traveled, I've found out that there are some things that other people think about, too. That's pretty much the basis to why I do things that I do. It's, it's, it's therapeutic for me, but it's also, can be, I, I'm hoping it can be inspirational to a lot of the people. Howard, a lot of our listeners are aspiring authors. They have a message. They have a story that they want the world to hear. What words of advice could you give these authors? I would say that look, everybody has a story, and I think that some people discount their, their, their value of their story. 
And, and I, th- I, I would encourage more, more people to just write mm. about life and about their experiences. They don't know, even though they may think their experiences do not have any value, they never know who it might touch. I never, never know who may be able to relate to it and say things like, if this person overcame this or that, then maybe I can. Because I still have a speech impediment, but I used to have a real serious speech impediment hmm. where I could not string two words together without falling over myself. And so I struggled with that for years. And I used to, I wouldn't even take a phone call, like hmm. talking to you. When I was married, I, uh, I used to have my wife take all the phone calls. Wow. Anytime the phone rang, I would run. Hmm. So I know where people can get to, regardless of where they start. And I think that life is always an experience and a struggle and a challenge. And even though you may think your challenges are unique, this is a big world. So you'd be surprised who may have similar challenge, uh, challenges that are related to the challenges that you have. And sometimes our stories can be inspirational. And I think people think if they're not famous, then that story, stories do not matter. Mm. And that's not true. Mm. I, I like reading biographies about different people's lives. And that's one thing I do, do like to read. I find out a lot about different people, different places, and how people deal with their different things. The book is titled Honored Burden. It's written by Howard Calhoun and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Howard, thanks for joining me here again. I had a really nice time learning about Honored Burden and, and about what you do to reach out and to help people dealing with a lot of issues. It was just great having you on the show tonight. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 